design coordinator, floral designer, and thrift-obsessed mama too. I'm here to give you the truth about wedding planning, the real process, the real people behind them, and the behind-the-scenes details you wish you knew about weddings. Hey there, and welcome to The Planning Gathering. Today I'm going to interview Claire Fernandez, who is the co-owner of Party on the Rocks, which is a bartending and staffing company who I work with pretty frequently in our community here in Washington State. Now, very few weddings don't have alcohol, and to be quite honest, the ones that don't haven't always been the party that the couples were expecting. So in all likelihood, you're probably going to serve alcohol at your wedding. That's not to say that you can't have an awesome party without alcohol. You absolutely can. You just have to take some things into consideration, like how late your party goes and how late you anticipate your guests sticking around, how into dancing you want people to get, and just in general, think about your crowd. Because just because you don't drink doesn't mean your guests might not enjoy having a totally dry party. Today, Claire and I are going to talk about what goes into the bar at a wedding, how how you know what a bartender to get, um, why services cost what they do, the laws around serving alcohol, and who's legally responsible for what and how to protect yourselves, uh, how, how to know how much alcohol to get, and the difference between hiring a bartending company and hiring an individual. So on this episode, you're going to notice I had a few technical difficulties. I'm still really new to podcasting, and I'm often working around my kids, sometimes hiding out in my car or recording in the middle of the night, like that first episode where I sound like I'm super boring and tired. I, I really was. It, was. it was midnight. So I promise that every episode that I'm recording, editing, and publishing, I'm taking notes, discovering what I need to learn, learning it, and working to improve the quality of sound and the interviews that I'm bringing to you. So I'm sorry that this one isn't the best. I've learned what not to use, or at least started the process of figuring out what happened with the uh, interview program that I was using. So without further ado i would love to bring you this interview and let's talk about drinking responsibly at your wedding thank you for being on claire so claire is a co-owner of a of party on the rocks which is a bartending and staffing company for events and i'd love for you to introduce yourself and talk to us a little bit about what you do and how you got started in the wedding industry yeah, thanks, Emily. Um, so yeah, I'm Claire. I'm one of the owners of Party on the Rocks, and we specifically do event staffing and bartending for private events. So a big part of our business is weddings, but we also do private parties and corporate events as well. Um, I started in the industry about eight or nine years ago with another company just doing this type of work. So I was doing staffing and I was doing bartending at these private events. And eventually, the company I was working for decided that they didn't want to focus on this. And so um, my partner, Jan, and I decided to start our own company. And we kind of started with just like, oh, this is fun. We don't want to lose this type of work to having 38 employees two years later. Um, and it has been quite the adventure. Um, we had, you know, as every business does with their business plan, we had five-year goals and we just kind of smashed those goals right out of the park um, after our first year. Our biggest thing was getting our liquor license. So we have the ability to resell alcohol, um, which has been huge for us and for our clients. 
So what goes into your work? Like what kind of uh, time, money or education investment did you put in before you started your company and just like continuing as you continue to work it? Yeah, sure. So with any, you know, startup of a business, um, our time is the most valuable portion of it. Thankfully, um, since we're not having to like sell a product a lot, you know, we did take a a small loan essentially from ourselves to start the business. Um, But as far as time goes, I continuously work about um, between 40 and 60 hours a week just on the back end. So scheduling as well as sending out proposals to clients and going over everything with them so that they feel good about their event. Because of course, we know that everyone's wedding is, you know, they don't care how many clients we have. We have to give them the best service for them. Um, as well as education, we Um, We make sure that all of our bartenders have their mass 12, which gives them the the legal right to serve alcohol and kind of tells them the back end. So the laws behind serving alcohol, it doesn't actually teach them how to make a drink. But we also offer a course to all of our bartenders, as well as we took a two week course um, in bartending so that we had the most skills in order to like actually make a drink and know what we're doing. Um, for the last two years, we have gone to Wedding MBA, which is a wedding professionals conference in Las Vegas. Um, it is not a whole big party, as we have learned, but it is a lot of fun. Um, you meet wedding vendors from around, actually around the world. There were people from uh, Canada. I even saw people from Germany. So it was kind of incredible to be able to come together and you know, put our heads together with certain problems to really bond with the people that also came from Washington and to always give them um, like other vendors the knowledge that we have so that they can better serve their clients, even if we're not working with them directly. And uh, we also were able to take classes to better basically like one of the things that we had no idea about which I found fascinating was about how you do your pricing structure and how you can appeal to different brides and it's not only it's not about like manipulating the customer and what they're seeing it's now I know how your brain works so that I can make my pricing easier for you to digest and so that was, I mean, overall, that was, that was like one of the things or like social media so that we can appeal to the client and so that they um, are getting things that they actually want to see. We were able to start a blog shortly after. And so we can, we have more ways of getting you knowledge about what we do and why we do it the way we do it. That is awesome. I really like that about what I like about you guys and especially on your new website and your blog is the transparency that you are very open. Like your prices are on the website. So people go on there and understand like what to expect if they contact you, which I value. I also do that. I share my prices for coordinating on my website because I value like not wasting anybody's time if I'm not in their budget and frankly not wasting mine because the more time I'm spending on it, you know, on the back end, you know, like that it's kind of time spent that we need to pay ourselves or staff for. So um, what does go into your pricing structure? Like what, what, uh, what are some of the things that you've learned how about how to explain like why, why your services cost what they do to your couples? That's funny. It's actually one of our FAQs, which is something we added. The FAQ section is something we added when we redid our website so that we could kind of have a preemptive 
answering of questions for people. A lot of it has to do with the professionality of the business uh, where you might find a bartender for $20 an hour, but they don't have things like insurance. They probably have their mass 12 permit, which is what I had said earlier was the, the legality behind what you're serving and that you legally have to have in order to serve a single drink in the state of Washington. And it costs $10 and about four hours of your time. So anyone can go get it. And I highly recommend it, even if you're not a bartender, but getting that kind of knowledge, if you're going to be serving alcohol and be liable for it, not a bad idea to have. We have so much more. We have a million dollar liability policy. Although we don't have a brick and mortar, we uh, provide certain things to our employees. So we provide, um, although it's only part-time work and all of our employees understand that, we provide a somewhat of a livable wage for them. So we, we go above and beyond minimum wage. We also just started offering um, a Roth IRA which was a huge thing. Small businesses don't have retirement plans. And a lot of our workers, they're, you know, they're students or they're uh, moms that stay at home. And so they get to do extra things or they're retirees and um, having this extra benefit. I know for me, it's great. And a lot of our employees really like taking advantage of it. And we have a matching contribution. Um, so when you book with us, you're not just booking a bartender, you're booking a real person that has these real experiences and you're helping us help them. And so that's, that's really big for us. Um, we also do have that liquor license, which you can definitely take advantage of. Um, something that's been really popular in the summer of 2018, which is awesome for everyone is that brides and grooms will provide beer and wine. And then we're able to bring in a cash bar for your hard liquors. So you're saving a lot of time and money and just energy by not having to worry about that extra thing. So a lot of people don't want to have a full cash bar, but being able to provide them with options that they can purchase, it's a win-win for the, the couples as well as us. So what responsibilities does your bar team have and how does the, having that professional bar team help benefit and change the day? Oh, goodness. So I always feel in any if you if you've ever read or heard me speak anywhere else, I feel like a broken record. But it's so important when you're hiring a team like ours is the liability insurance. So there's something called a dram shop law in the state of Washington. And it's different from I'm going to use California as the example. So in the state of California, if you go to a bar and you overindulge and you drink too much and you go hurt yourself or somebody else, you're responsible for your actions because you were the one that took the drinks. In the state of Washington with this dram shop law, if you come and I serve you a drink and you hurt yourself or someone else, I am held liable because I should have seen you get drunk, essentially. And so in the state of Washington, not only is the bartender liable, but so is the person that served the alcohol, that um, bought the alcohol. So the couple, or maybe it's their parents or their uncle, you never know. Um, or it can also be the venue can get lumped into that as well because the alcohol was served in their place of business. Um, and pretty much anyone can go down with it if if someone hurts themselves or others. And so in the state of Washington, it is so important that you make sure that your, your 
butts are covered. And, you know, having someone like us come in with the insurance, the million dollar liability policy, making sure that that's there in place in case something happens is so important for you and your family and the venue. In fact, a lot of venues, um, especially we work a lot in Snohomish County, they require using an insured bartender because they don't want to be at risk. And even though they'll still be at risk, they have that nice big cushion of a million dollars in case something happens. So on that topic of the venues and what they require, I see a lot of venues who don't have any knowledge of the laws or what's expected. So in the state of Washington, as the person who's hosting the event, so like the couple, it's their responsibility to get a banquet permit, which costs right now, it's like $11 or $12, and it takes like 30 seconds to fill out the form. And basically, it's telling your county that there's an event happening where there's alcohol being served and that you are going to follow the laws. I see a lot of venues who are like, hey, don't forget to get your banquet permit, but they don't require a bartender and it just confuses the crap out of me and then when I ask the venue like hey do you know they're like no like I I don't know I haven't seen that and I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing so do you have any like thoughts on that you know it's really sad when other businesses like you're especially with a venue you're bringing in so many different vendors that you really should have a better understanding of what all those vendors entail what they do what they don't do what they need from you you know all of the the list goes on and making sure that you're educated is so important and when it comes to you know flowers if something goes wrong with the flowers no one's getting sued but if something happens as far as alcohol goes, it's a huge deal. There's a huge legal responsibility on whoever is serving the alcohol, whoever bought the alcohol and where the place is that it is having the alcohol served. And really just, I mean, for clarification, with a banquet permit, it is truly this the county just wants $10 and they now have it on record that you're having a party. It is nothing more. I have had people do it six months in advance and go, oh, thank goodness I did that. Now I don't have to worry about it. And I've seen people do it 30 seconds before we serve the first drink. It is truly just a nice little cash income for the the county that doesn't take a lot. It's important to have it because if you didn't have it, you could get fined, but it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Whereas like having, um, having your insured bartender there is just it's, it's a way to protect. And honestly, the biggest difference I find is that you're going to pay $20 an hour for someone who doesn't have insurance. And you could pay, I mean, really our pricing is between 42 and $50 for our bartenders for, ha- for having that peace of mind and having another company be a part of it. And having a company, I'm, I might be even jumping around here, um, but having a company versus like your friend's cousin do it is so important because of that. Um, we also oftentimes see people that have hired, you know, their their friend's cousin who come in and they're just part of the party. It is illegal if you're serving alcohol to drink along with the guests. And all too often we see people that were like, oh my God, my my friend got wasted because they were just drinking when we were drinking completely illegal and if especially once you do that banquet permit you're in like the log of things so people like the state could show up 
and asked to see these things when, you know, their mass 12 or um, their, their banquet permit. And if you don't have these, you could get, you could get fined. Yeah. And it's not just the legal stuff. It's the responsibility of taking care of your guests. Like how crappy would it be if one of your guests drank too much and then left and drove home and got in an accident? Like that just ruins the whole experience of your wedding day. Um, so I, I see all too often as like, as when I'm there as the coordinator, I have to go and cut off people where the bartenders, what, even with some professional bartenders or bartenders who came with the catering staff, like I have to go and intervene because there are people who are way too drunk who should have been cut off drinks ago. But when I'm working with you guys, I see you guys cut off pretty quickly and well, so well. I've never seen anybody argue with you over it. And so tell me a little bit about like your process with that and how you how you know when to cut somebody off versus um, maybe if it's just a friend who's not paying enough attention. Yeah, so the way we do it is, um, you know, we never want to come in and police. That is not the reason we are there. We are there to provide you and your guests a safe, fun experience because people, I mean, people have fun with alcohol it, it, and it's not a bad thing. We do it on our own time, never at work. And, and so we get to, you know, we do see both sides um, and we want to make sure that it stays fun. What we make sure is as we see it happen, uh, you know, people people are drinking more and imbibing and having a good time. We don't look to just cut them off. We That's not what we want to do. We make sure that we are paying attention how many drinks they're having in an hour. And we know that alcohol affects, you know, different people differently. And so we take all of these things into effect. A lot of times it'll be like, hey, you know what? I noticed you had like five beers last hour. Why don't you just take a, why don't you just take a walk, um, get a drink of water. It's never, you're cut off. You can't drink Bye. Um, and a lot, honestly, when we have to cut people off, usually they're thanking us because they realized that they, you know, they needed to slow it down. It's easy at a wedding when there's so much love and fun and energy. It's so easy to get carried away. Um, and we don't, we don't blame anyone. We don't judge anyone. It is, it is just part of the event. Um, and so we, we, we make sure that we're very polite about it and um, that there's other options also for them other than the alcohol. What is something that you see happen repeatedly that you don't enjoy seeing or that makes a crappy experience for the couples or their guests? There are two things that I see when when couples work with us that kind of go wrong. And one of one of the things is we provide the service of telling you how much alcohol you should buy um, as well. I guess the second thing I was going to lump in is like ice and cups and whatnot. But that is something when you sign up with us, we are more than happy to tell you how much alcohol to buy. Um, and it's something that we do because what I've had clients do is I in fact, one wedding sticks out to me the most. The couple asked me how much alcohol they should buy. The dad got the list from the couple. And when I arrived, there was twice as much beer and wine that I recommended and about three times as much hard liquor um, that, they, that they had brought. And I immediately said, 
wow, this is a lot of alcohol. And the dad goes, yeah, we just really didn't want to want to run out. And I, I thought to myself, if your guests run out of any of this, they'll all be dead. They will have had alcohol poisoning by the time we get through this. And at the end of the night, and, and oh goodness, yeah, no, at the end of the night, we loaded, if they had gotten the exact amount that I had told them to buy, they would have still had too much because I don't want you to run out of alcohol. That is not my agenda is to, you know, run out and like leave early or anything like that. I want your guests to have a full fun time and for you to be leaving with maybe like a case of wine at the end of the night so that you know that you weren't running out. But no matter how much you buy, I still can't give everyone the amount of alcohol that you're buying. Um, you're, you're not going to run out with, with what, and I am more than, I always tell people, um, how I do my math and I'll, I'll even say it right here so that if you don't book with us, you can listen to this and you know how much to get. What you do is you take the amount of guests that are, that you're drinking. So let's say a hundred and the amount of hours that you're serving up to four hours. So that it's essentially, if you're serving for six hours, you're still only going to serve them four drinks. And that's taking into account a lot of people only have two drinks and then some might have six. Um, there's always that like variable. And then if it's just beer and wine, I say 60% wine and 40% beer. Again, you know your guests. So if you, I've had people only do wine and no beer. And I've also had people only do beer and no wine. So however you want to do it. But the majority of people we have found drink wine and less drink beer. And then if you're adding hard liquor, you just make a small adjustment and say about 25% of your drinks are hard liquor um, and split accordingly. Um, so yeah, we, we always want you to have a, a good time and a, a safe time and, um, buying your alcohol and not having to take so much at the end of the night is also really nice. What are some common misconceptions that couples have about bartending companies? You see the Facebook groups where people go in and just say, I need a bartender. This is what I'm looking for. And having those individuals reach out to them and they think of, oh, that's a professional bartender. Yeah, they might know how to make a good drink, but if they're not covered on the back end with those insurance and and the knowledge of of everything that you have, I mean, when we go when we go in, we're bringing everything that we've had. We have all of our experiences. I can't even begin to tell you how many weddings over the last two summers that we have covered, or me as an individual working in weddings specifically for the last eight years. I've worked an insane. I've probably worked more weddings than most people would like to have worked in their in their lifetime and so you're also getting that um there's a big difference between hiring someone who charges twenty dollars an hour and hiring someone that charges you know between forty and fifty dollars an hour and a lot of that has to do with that insurance and as well as experience um it is something that i see you know we kind of we have this little like niche of an area in weddings in that there are not a ton of companies that do what we do and there's even fewer with liquor licenses and i would say the biggest thing that i see is is couples um as well as just our average like corporate client not understanding what we're either actually bringing to the table or what they're missing out um, with other things. So like a lot of, like sometimes we'll want people who specifically wanted someone with a liquor license, but they're providing their own alcohol. It doesn't make any difference. 
other than the fact that I had to go, I actually, um, fun fact about getting your liquor license, I had to go through uh, extensive background checks. Uh, in fact, I had to give the last seven years of addresses and that took up probably three or four of their papers as it was um, because <laughs> I only lived in a place for one year before my husband and I would move um, and we moved all over like Bellevue, Redmond and Seattle and so we had to give all of those addresses and so did he so as my spouse he had to go undergo the, the same extensive background checks um, and it was a very thorough process. So you can be sure that anyone with a liquor license is, is pretty legit. That's, that is nice. Um, but really understanding what you're asking for and what you're looking for. Um, or we even have couples, we had a couple reach out to us through Wedding Wire the other day who wanted to sell their own drinks. And she told me that she actually spoke to someone from the county that said they could sell their own alcohol. Um, and I, I ended up sending her links um, to sites that countered that. And I was like, you really, you really should be careful because you can hit a heavy fine um, and maybe something bigger if you, if you aren't paying attention to things. And I am always open and I've had people call me just for the, the knowledge. And even if you're not going to hire us, I can let you know what to look for um, and what, and what to avoid because Washington state is so strict about who is at fault. If so. What are some things that are that couples should be asking of their bartender, their potential bartending companies or individuals while they're looking to hire someone? I would say making sure that you're covered as far as legal liability, which I, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse with this, but making sure that's covered. After that, Think about how the personalities, in fact, I was just talking about one of my employees this morning about um, another bartending company that I work with and how different they are than we are and really jive with your bartender. Your bartender is someone that is going to be on site the day of. They, um, you know, as I would say that working with our company, even though we are so, you know, large compared to a few of the other companies, what you're getting from me is pretty much what you're going to get. You know, I've hired like-minded people. So if you, if you drive with me, chances are you're going to love your bartender, even if it's not me. Um, there are a lot of there, you know, there are companies out there that are not, they're different. We have, you know, there's a company in the area that's been around for, I think, 23 years. And she's just very different. There's a different personality. If, you know, um, there's another company who's still fairly new. And if you get along with him, he is very, like, he's got a very strong personality. Um, and so, like, really talking to these different companies, I would say don't price shop. Like, if, when it comes to bartending, um, since we are on site at your event and you're, you have to interact with us as well as your, your family and friends, like, um, you know, of course, if someone's like completely out of the water with their pricing, um, maybe take a step back and look at that. But honestly, like 
pick who you get along well with. It's kind of like your officiant or your planner. These are people you're working closely with to make sure your vision. You don't necessarily have to get along with your florist um, or your caterer as long as you really like their food and their flowers um, or the same with your dress shop. As long as you love that, they're not necessarily on site at the event. And so these are people that you are working really closely with and have to interact with. So you might as well really like them um, and not just go for the, the cheapest price. I mean, I even have, um, like, if we have the non-alcoholics, I even interact with the children um, to, to give them a soda or juice. So so being careful with that, I would say, is, um, is probably really strong advice from even someone who's just uh, someone who goes to bars and you have to interact with a bartender. And if I really like that bartender, I'm going to come back to that bar. If I don't, I'm not going to. And that, that sours my whole, like vision of the experience in that restaurant and I won't go back so I mean obviously it's not they're not coming back to my bar at your wedding it's that might have soured their experience of your wedding if they had a really bad experience with with someone they interacted closely with one thing that you guys do really well and that I think is really valuable and that I've kind of been been preaching to everybody who ever talks to me about their wedding business or their just service-based business at all is people are shopping online. So we as, as business owners and service providers, it's kind of our responsibility to show our true selves on the internet, on our website, on our blogs, on the on our Instagrams, like on our Facebooks, where people are finding us and deciding whether or not to like us. So as a couple searching for a, a, a company to hire or an individual to hire, it's so valuable to be able to land on someone's website and say, hey, I like this personality. I like this style. I like the color scheme on their website. It seems it seems to be like uh, on its surface, like non-essential or like something that shouldn't matter. But I think that marketing and branding and how you present yourself is so useful for the couple to be able to find that that vendor or that bartender or their planner who is going to match their personality. And I think that you guys do that really, really well of, of showcasing who you are and the experience that your couples are going to get. So couples who are looking, and especially if you're avoiding price shopping, as Claire suggested, which I highly recommend as well, obviously look inside of your budget, but don't shop based on price. Like don't pick based on who's the lowest price, base, pick based on who you click with the most. And that first door into knowing whether or not they're going to click is usually their social social media and their website and the content that they share on there and the voice that they share. So definitely, definitely browse people's websites before. And if you're in the area and you're looking for a bartender, obviously go look at Party on the Rocks because theirs is great. They do a really good job at showcasing their personalities and the experience you're going to get. What is your best advice that you would give a couple who's planning to have alcohol at their wedding? My best advice is to find a licensed and insured bartender. Um, work with a real company because we have we do have that experience and that knowledge um even even if you just like i mean we even pr we provide like drink menus um on the side for a separate cost i mean working with a company um is just so important uh also look for like local and small businesses seattle the greater seattle area has a 
a full wealth of just people who are connected. Um, and I haven't worked in the wedding industry in any other places, but it is so valuable to go to find people that work together and work well together. Um, and just, you know, there's, it's, it can be super tight knit in a really, really positive way for our couples. Yes, I totally agree. Having a vendor team that communicates well is really important. And that totally follows up that part, like personality and, and like connecting with your vendors. If you connect with your bartender and you connect with your planner, chances are that they also are going to work well together because we are all the people working on your wedding day, making it happen. So that is awesome advice. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge and kind of helping reveal a little bit of behind the scenes of what goes into, you know, making an awesome and responsible bar happen at a wedding. Yeah, anytime. Well, where can people find you and Party on the Rocks? Uh, I would say look at our Facebook. It has all of the links to everything. It, it's just Party on the Rocks Seattle. Uh, we have a great website that we actually just redid. Um, our Instagram, also Party on the Rocks Seattle. Uh, Facebook, though, you can see all of our reviews and everything. And so, you know, I can talk all day about how great of a company we are to work with, but actually go see all of those reviews of real people that have worked with us. Thank you so much for being on the Planning Gathering Podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. I loved this interview. It is so easy when you're planning, especially planning on how you're going to serve beverages to your couples, to just think about what kind of beer or wine or a hard alcohol that you want to serve to your guests and forget about the logistical details and the liability details that go along with serving alcohol. So I really hope that you guys take these advice from Claire and go find a licensed bartender and, and learn about their uh, liability coverages, learn about all of the, the training that they have and, and about how what they provide really helps protect you and your guests. Now, I would also love it if you take some time to review this podcast. If you're listening right now online through our website or through a direct link, don't forget that you can find us on Apple iTunes and on Google Podcasts and on Spotify. And it would really mean a lot to me if you'd hit subscribe and take a moment to rate and review the podcast. So I will keep bringing new topics every week and we will catch you next time.